show on a uh, on a Monday, and, and you know what Monday means during the OU football season. Monday means that we are over at the University of Oklahoma in anticipation of today's taping of Coach's Corner, which will air on, I think we fight about this a lot, right? Thursdays is when it airs on the Sooner Radio Network. That's also when it's supposed to drop on uh, ESPN+, Plus, but it is my understanding that it's been available on Wednesdays, so uh, make the most of it. Should be fun. Good morning, Josh Helmer. How are you on this v- Victory Monday? I mean, we can still say that, right? It's a Victory Monday. Let's go. Absolutely, we can say that. Victory Monday. Of victory course. Monday. Survive, advance, 7-0. and Three times in 18 years, OU's done that. Good morning. Do you just want to launch into it? I mean, I, um, I'm just going to – I couldn't sleep on Saturday night. I, I, something weird happened that's never happened to me before. Uh, and, in fact, I, as a father of, of three, two who currently live with me, one who is off to college, uh, and as someone whose wife, they just can't stand them. When something happens that – not me standing her, her standing me. Josh, when something happens that benefits me, I always wonder when the other shoe was going to drop. It's like, okay. I just got to do something that I really wanted to. So either A, I'm going to hear about this for the next 10 years of my life, or B, there's something else behind this, right? It's going to end up being like a Dateline episode. Keith Morrison will talk about how he had this Saturday he always wanted. And then, you know, it's all of a sudden. We had, we had the OU – let me explain. We had the OU football game on Saturday. I thought, I thought at moments it seemed like that game lasted forever. <laughs> And at moments you looked up, you're like, wow, we're in the fourth quarter. Um, and unfortunately, some of those moments when you looked up in the fourth quarter, it was like, oh, my gosh, we're in the fourth quarter. Let's go. But I then went home, and I sat and watched college football. The rest of the day, Josh, the rest of the day. I don't know when the last time that's happened. Either um, Even with the 11 a.m. games, there's been travel that's involved. There's... You know, even for a home 11 a.m. game, there might be a kids event that I got to go take part in. Not that I'm complaining, but I felt like I consumed more college football than I ever have. And I, during a season on a Saturday. And it, of course, was the, the exclamation point was USC getting beat by Utah again. And then Washington, I mean, Washington laid an egg. Now, the, the this is my question to you. I don't know that I looked at Saturday and thought to myself, dang, the Sooners laid an egg. Now, again, I want to be very clear in every single thing that I lay out here on this show today. I'm, I'm confused. More so than I normally am, Josh. Perplexed, a little bit surprised, in some ways kind of vindicated because we I feel like we are turning into a little bit of Lou Holtz where every opponent they play is the most amazing thing ever. And even when you're like, ah. But when Brent Venable says it, you're like, dang, he he got me a little worried about it. But I watched all day, and in everything that I was watching, in some way events from or something that happened during the UCF game would immediately pop back into my mind and either give me confidence 
or kind of raise the antennas a little bit more like, what was that? Or why did that happen? So in the world of survive in advance, in the world of winning your stinkers, which is a term I heard quite a bit on Sunday, do you, I mean, USC laid an egg against Utah. Washington somehow won that game. North Carolina laid an egg. I mean, do you look at that and, I mean, did the the Sooners lay an egg? Did they just stink on Saturday and found a way to get by? Because I'm even having a hard time trying to compartmentalize that, Josh. Yeah, it was obviously not a great performance from Oklahoma, which uh, the the weird thing about it is – if you don't have an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, was UCF going to go for that? Yeah, and would down? they have got it? <laughs> Probably not the way uh, Oklahoma's defense in those situations has has been playing. So that could have played out differently. Or they take three points there. You make two kicks. It's 13-2-3 early in this contest. UCF wasn't doing anything uh, in the first quarter. So the whole complexion of the game would have been different if you made a couple of kicks. And I know that this is hypothetical. No, no, no. We're living in a hypothetical today, Josh Helmer. So you make a couple of kicks and you don't have a silly unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And the whole beginning of the game is different. But, yeah, Oklahoma, it was not their best performance. It was was a a letdown performance. But you you won the game, right? Right. You made enough plays late to go win the game, which is becoming a, a trend the opposite for this team from last year where if there was any way to win or lose a game, they lost the game. It was a seven-zip game. Start of the second quarter, when it probably at the very least, you kind of felt like it should have been like 21 to zip. With the way the Oklahoma defense started, and I'm going to say this a lot, three straight, four straight three now, 12 plays, 10 yards. Uh, I did not know if UCF was going to get a yard. I mean, and, and Oklahoma, by the way, benefited from really, really good field position. Well, let me rephrase that. Oklahoma had a really good field position. They weren't able to truly benefit from it. The Sooners' first three drives started from their own 45, the UCF 40, and the UCF 45. I mean, that's – oh, and by the way, their very next drive started at their own 48. I mean, I, I just happened to – thankfully, someone left the play-by-play sheet up here in front of me. Um, I guess you do look back and you think about that third and – that goal line stand, right? Harvey had the big run for 54 yards. Key Lawrence pushed him out of bounds just short of the pylon. And then after a third and goal play, you get the unsportsmanlike conduct on Canick, which it's funny, you know, you enforce that, but a, a, a rule that's, you know, been in place for years just completely gets gets ignored while a guy's taunting your sideline. <laughs> but I do think, Josh, part of that, and, every, and I don't, I haven't seen too many people complaining about Canick getting flagged for it. They never showed the replay in the stadium. So by the time I watched it, like my outrage was a little bit minimized, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can see how that would get called. I don't know how I would have felt in the moment. But I also can't help but wonder if, oh, you got warned 
you know, a few times. You know, they've, they speaking of getting worn, they've been a lot better. We haven't got to get back penalty in a while there, on the sidelines. There was a picture floating around social media from Ethan Downs yeah. at the Cotton Bowl too. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm saying is I wonder if there had been a because Downs at the very least on the second one probably should have been called for it. Uh, it's still weak, and, and I hate okay. that they throw that flag. I mean, look, I, I get it. By the letter of the law, he stands over and walks right over. There's no reason to do it. <laughs> I I just wish sometimes in football they'd let some of that go. And, and you know, whatever happened two weeks ago, or right. walk over and tell him, hey, if you do that again, I'm going to flag you. But, look, you can't do that, right? You open yourself up to that possibility. Ted Roof in our postgame show was cracking me up. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't happy. He wasn't trying to make people laugh. But – uh, Gabe Gabe had asked him, what was it? Um, you know, it's something about hey, you know, it's, it's a big moment, so you understand the celebrate. And roof like cuts me. He's like, go to the sidelines, celebrate with your teammates. I'll play it for you later. It's hilarious. What are you doing celebrating right there? Like Gabe's kind of trying to give him the the little end, uh, not necessarily criticize the officials, but maybe excuse it a little bit. And Ted Roof was like having none of it. It's pretty hilarious. So I'll play that for you later. But I, like every single thing I try not to do, Josh, I'm doing after this game. Like, in fact, what did I just start this show saying? Well, at least North Carolina laid an egg and they lost. USC laid and they lost. Washington found a way to win, but if anything, you know, the, you have the two teams that had arguably the biggest wins in each of the last few weeks: Oklahoma beating Texas, Washington who beat Oregon in their first performance after those games. They kind of underperformed, I think is a fair way to put it, right? But they both won. So does it does it raise long-term questions? Or do you just look at it and say, in those moments on Saturday night, when we could have made this a game where we're walking towards the exits about midway through the fourth quarter because we beat UFC into submission, OU kind of beat OU, and they'll be better for it. Can we say that, or is that even sounding excusinator to you? I think that we can say that it clearly was not a great performance from Oklahoma, but we're happy to be 7-0, and and let's see what happens next. It, it, okay. If this carries over, then obviously there's, there's some concern to be had. If you go out and you play great at KU, then guess what? I'm not going to think too much, but, other than they, they won the game. I mean, again, then, I start, then how the heck was this not a blowout Saturday? What happened? Sure. How, how, and and I, I want to make this very, very clear. If you watched the first four series on offense for UCF, teams just either A, don't adjust, or magically find a fix whenever you've gone three and out on your first four possessions and you've amassed 12 whole yards, Josh. What happened? That That's like in my mind. Where I'm having was there frustration over the fact that you weren't up? I, I don't all, all these things. It's if there's a simple answer and someone has it, I haven't opened the text line yet, nor am I going to until the first segment's over because I don't want to fight with anyone. Though I don't think I've said anything to like hands throwing worthy here, Josh. Just how does that happen? How, how do you give Gavin Sawchuck the opportunity to? It, it appears to be the starting running back on Saturday, and he's running a wildcat play early in the game. 
How could it be that bad in the first and then that good in the fourth? What, what happened? UCF, if you didn't catch the vibe that we were getting, according to different, I guess you could say, rumors, they had been ravaged by a, a, like a team bug. There was an illness, which is funny because you saw the same thing with what B. John Robinson yesterday for Atlanta, but I found it weird that you're sick and you don't feel good, but yet you're suited up and you're around other players. I, what? So that never makes any sense to me. But I was watching a lot on that sideline. And let me tell you something. That injury tent was up a lot. And I don't think there were guys necessarily hurt. I think there were dudes that were cramping, sick. I think that there was a lot of hydration, extra hydration. I don't think UCF was in a good spot. I think that they were prime for a route. And I think Oklahoma – gave the ingredients to the first four drives defensively to be there. So how, how, what, 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 how, how that end up like it did. I'm still, and a win is a win, right? So I'm not complaining. I'm not grinching. I'm not moaning. I, I just, I feel like I need answers to things that maybe aren't that important, but are bothering the, the you know what out of me. The, the second and third quarters weren't very good from Oklahoma. There you I go. Know. And, and, and UCF, Let's give a little bit of credit where credit is due. They had an inspired defensive effort. It's a team defensively that has not been good. But guess what? On Saturday, they were pretty good against Oklahoma in the second and third quarters. That was surprising. Oklahoma. How did Oklahoma have 100 yards passing in the second quarter? There's not, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. It is. It will go down in my. Yeah, I I appreciate you trying to simplify it for me, Josh. I really do appreciate that, and I would assume that's going to be the sentiment of a lot of people today here on the ref. It just, it's blown my mind. I went to bed. Oh, we got a break. It's nine eighteen. I went to bed on Saturday night. I was fighting. I was fighting it because I wanted to see the end of that game. And as soon as Washington and Arizona State ended, I closed my eyes. I was out. I was up at like 6.30 the next morning just starting to pour through all the post-game articles and listen to all the press conferences, as many of the pods as I could get through, re-listen to our post-game show. And there's all these incredibly sensical, well-thought-out explanations. Teddy laying out incredible perspective. And in my mind, Josh, it's just – my mind is blown every single time I look and I see that final score, and I'm like, huh, 31-29, eh? <laughs> I, when, when John Rice Plumley, by the way, John Rice Plumley, really good football player. I like him. Dude's a gamer. Uh, there were a few times where I thought not only was he dead to rights, but he might not ever get up again, and either A, he completed a pass, or, or B, uh, he got back up and the team rallied around him. I was surprised they didn't go to their backup after the first four drives either. But I, I mean, I'm just I'm, – I am confused, Josh. But there is one thing that I'm not confused about. There is one – I appreciate you trying to simplify this for me. I appreciate I appreciate everyone in the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. But there is one thing that is – Undoubted, 
undoubted. Un, to me, unchallengeable. To me, unquestioned. And when we get back, we'll talk about what was the one thing that I'm sure of, I was pumped about, and on this confusing yet happy Victory Monday, let's bring some true positivity next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into The the Ref with Josh on Plank. Do you, uh, do you understand just this, like, twist I've put my mind in? Over the last 48 hours after this, does it does it at least make sense, or do you think, geez, you're a crazy person? <laughs> of course it makes sense, because uh, especially that first quarter, it looked like Oklahoma was about to roll UCF. In, in the fourth quarter, the way they finished, clearly the, the two drives, the two touchdown drives, it's like when they had to flip the switch on, they did. They did. I, I liked something Toby said when I was driving in. If, if there is any disappointment, which there is, we're fans. I mean, it's, it's the reality of it. If there is any disappointment, Josh, it is quickly, quickly washed away by the fact that your team is 7-0, and mm-hmm. right? And then in moments in 2023 when this team has needed a drive, they've got it. They've got it. From the SMU game, when it got tight, and again, feel how you want about the game. I'm not trying to change your perspective. But I'm just telling you, in that moment when they needed it against SMU, they got it. When they needed it against Cincinnati. Got it. Got it. When they needed it against Texas, they got it. And when they needed it on Saturday against UCF, they got it. That That's the biggest takeaway. 1,000% okay. that's the biggest takeaway. I am caught in between – did UCF just play up to the challenge and Oklahoma played, you know, a C, C minus game was Oklahoma going through the motions or is there something to be concerned about? Like all of that, I, I don't know how to sort it out just yet. So can I, can I do a, a little plank show call back here, Josh? Remember how during the summer we spent so much time talking about our excitement for the 2023 season but knowing that for a majority of you, you would have to wait four or five games before you truly had a way to feel about a team, this team specifically. Yeah, we needed the Texas game. We needed the Texas game. I kind of feel like in all of these conversations that we're going to have about the way this team played on Saturday, you just answered them. Let's see what happens in the first quarter against Kansas. Let's see if it carries over. I mean, right? Because you can say what you want. I've got, you know, t- we've already got 10 texts in the first 20 minutes about kickers. Uh, probably more than that now that I refreshed it. But let's see Let's see what happens Saturday. Let's see how this team comes out against Kansas, right? And then it's – we find out if they've got a little bit of a lasting issue or if that was a bit of an, an anomaly that took place after the – well, I mean, if we just get – I'm going to play an if that's going to make people drive off the road. If you just ignore the second and third quarter, it's an incredible game, right? Your first and fourth <laughs> quarters were good. Save for that uh, touchdown drive that they let UCF embark on. Oh, that final one. Oh, my gosh. Brent Venables, I could tell he was so mad. that I laughed so hard when he walked in. I It was hilarious when he walked into the press conference. 
because someone, uh, I think it might have been James, because James is always right. James Hale's always right there by me. And, <laughs> and so I said, how you doing, Coach? How you doing, Coach? And uh, Brent goes, kind of mid right now. And I laughed. And when I asked him the question, the audio side is hilarious because you just hear him laugh a little bit. And then he goes on to kind of breaking the game down. I said, Coach, what you think of the performance? I heard you say feeling a little mid right now. And he laughed. He goes, <laughs> And at that moment, you kind of thought that he wanted to – he was very head coachian, maybe is the best way to put it, because I think defensive coordinator Brent Venables might have said, that last drive, man, what in the world was that last drive? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it was – the complexion of the game, if the defense comes out and just stops them in their tracks on that final drive immediately, probably we're feeling quite a bit better about it. I I have one take, though, that I disagree with 100% before I get to the positivity. Off the 405 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Gus Malzahn had them prepared, and we were flat, but a win is a win. I don't think Oklahoma came out flat. You just heard the stats. The first four drives on defense, punt, 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 which becomes one of my favorite things is when Coach Venables goes to the drive summary. First, that's not a flat football team. Now, if you want to say that offensively, maybe they looked a little flat, okay, I'll hear you on that. But – I mean, they were in position in their first four drives where they should have at least come away with points in three of those four. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I and I think Gus Malzahn had a great plan, but I think the Sooners imploded that plan on their first four drives. I think he had to go – I think Gus Malzahn had to go deep in his bag, and I think it paid off for him more than anything else. And – Someone else hit this. I promised myself I wouldn't get too caught up on the text line. But I thought this was a really good point from Sooner Gundy, who said Josh OU's offense left them in the game long enough to only need a big play or two to swing momentum. And honestly, that's what that's what UCF got, right? The big chunk run. Big, yeah. big chunk run. Uh, a couple of them, right? The the momentum plays for, for Oklahoma in, in sequence. Second missed field goal, big chunk run, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. All of that in quick succession. Here's where the Sooners didn't miss on Saturday. Here's where things weren't askew. Man, that's the best 11 a.m. crowd I've seen in a long time. That was awesome. Um, I don't know if every seat was filled are filled in the upper upper deck, Josh, but it sure felt like it. I've never I've never seen an atmosphere like that for an eleven AM game. I'm sure that we could find I'm sure someone might be like Nebraska back in twenty twenty one what maybe, maybe. But this was this was really, really good from Sooner Nation. I've never seen FanFest like that, uh, Party at the Palace, for an 11 a.m. game. I'd never seen Campus Corner 
like that for an 11 a.m. game over the last couple of seasons. But it just from an energy and a and a juice, it was, it was, it was on par with Nebraska. If I thought it was better for an 11 a.m. start. I thought the fans brought it. I thought it was amazing. It was loud. It was uh, ready from the get-go. There was a lot of UCF fans that came. I think, um, oh, who was it? OU Architect that was texting us about it on Saturday. They they brought that was one of the biggest road games they've ever had, and they brought it. And they were they were cool fans, at least that we dealt with. Outside of the guys that brought some blue drink to the stage and threw me off during the pregame show. I learned that it was just simply Josh Vodka and Blue Gatorade. Who knew? Blue drank. Is that what they call it? I don't know. But (laughs) – Call that a hangover. I think so. You call that death. But the crowd was great. Fans were awesome. So it wasn't – if your take is we were were sleepy or that they didn't come out hot, I mean, I I just – I disagree. You don't force a team – to punt on its first four drives and one of the top offenses in college football where they're three and out on their first four drives and you didn't come out prepared or come out with juice. You want to see a team that didn't come out prepared? Go watch that Washington game Saturday night. That's a team that really got caught up in its press clippings. And heck, who knows, Josh? Maybe if OU played that next week after Texas, we might have dealt with something similar. I don't know. And we kind of did on Saturday. I don't know about you, but I thought the crowd was great. I mean, bravo, Sooner Nation. That was amazing. Second and third quarters mm. felt like OU was going through the motions a little bit. But, uh, again, I keep going back and forth how much of that was they just played poorly. Mm-hmm. UCF played great. I don't know. But, well, were uh, you able to get a gauge on the crowd? Like, did you think it was as good as I did for an 11 a.m. game? Everything I've heard, I wasn't okay. there. Everything I've heard was that – it was great, and what I saw on TV, the the apparently there was a huge traveling party, as, as you touched on. Sean texted in. That was the best uh, conference visiting crowd in a decade, and he's not, great. he's not the only person I've heard that from. That's That's been a popular uh, comment from the game. It was really – it was really cool. It was really cool. Um, someone uh, in the 405 writes, completely disagree. Tons of empty seats in and around Section 4. Um, from my view, which was from the pregame, um, walking from Campus Corner to our set and then onto the field and then standing on the field and, and feeling the vibes, I'm telling you, it might have been a little harried around you, but to me, down there in it, it's it was amazing. I thought it was a great crowd. That's me. Now, like you said, in your section, maybe there weren't a lot of people there. Uh, I tend to find people that uh, sit in seats at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium that are kind of happy whenever people around them don't show up so they can spread out a little bit. So kudos to you. But from where I was, I thought the crowd was great. In section four, okay. But in section field, it was hopping, man. It was really, really cool. And they were into it. I thought it was great. Um, but kudos to the crowd. I thought it was an awesome Saturday. And you got it. For those that complain about not having exciting games, you got an exciting game on Saturday. 
The I, I like this from the 918. Uh, he writes, UCF fans were great. Too bad we won't be playing them anymore. <laughs> yeah, my the the once and, and only. <laughs> the once and only. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a cool crowd. It was a cool crowd from them. All right. Uh, you want to get a break and go on the text line? It's not too bad, is it? Oh, no, it's popping, baby. All right. It's good to see. When we come back, we'll have the Knippelmeyer uh, Chevrolet text line. Plus, we'll uh, we'll get the Riverwind Casino jackpot line at 405-329-9000. With Josh on plank, this is the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans, the ref, with Josh on plank. What did you just tell me that we were going to look up during the break, Josh? We, you asked about something. Well, and- who you're talking to for the coaches show. Oh, yes. Okay, that's right. I always have it written down, and I always do a lot of prep on Sunday night. But last night, I had to deal with somebody crying the whole night about the uh, officiating in the Dolphins game. And I think it, I think it blew my mind is what I think happened. So, <laughs> is, was- is Arnie okay? Yes. Ten penalties called to zero is something else. I'm not going to lie. But honestly, if you watch that game on Sunday Night Football, you basically just watch them being the Eagles trample the Dolphins last night. I think the Dolphins have – I don't know if they've beaten a team with a winning record yet. I think, yeah, well, they might not be good. They got smacked by both Buffalo and – you know, at least late by Philly last night, which mm. does not help the perception, right? I mean, I could understand where somebody turns around and says, okay, yeah, that 70-point performance versus Denver was cute, but are you going to go beat a Super Bowl contender? Yeah. Hey, you can go do that when you play a team that stinks. And I still think they're really good, by the way. So, I do too. But, you know, you get held to the bar of who you've beaten that's really good that people have the perception as a Super Bowl contender, I mean, say that about the Bills. Bills, horrible loss to the Patriots. Terrible. Joe John Finley and Jay Valai are our two coaches today. Okay. Austin Stogner had a good game. And Jay, uh, Joe John, kind of a, I don't know if he has the exact role, but if, you know, if there was a, if there was an APD, if you will, if there was an as an assistant offensive coordinator, kind of get the sense that Joe John was out. I don't, I don't know if he has that in his title or not, but he gets it. He knows. So that'll be fun today. Um, OU Optimist on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Before I get to USC, Brian, it was one of their most undisciplined performances of the year, and they found a way to win. I'm confident BV will get them right this week. Oh, and by the way, thanks for the reminder. Let me add my vote of no confidence to be able to make a field goal. I'm sure there's there's a competition this week, kiddos. There's a competition this week, you know, and there's a nonstop competition. Someone steps up and practice, and you got a chance to win that job. Uh, Realtor Chris, no specific comments about the game. Yes, it was a little bit disappointing, but I think the real angst came from the feeling of it being a whole like most of the games from 2021. Yeah, you're like, why is this game close? Now, in fairness, the calling card of that 21 team was either uh, to not be in a game at all, a la Baylor, and then try to do something late, 
the very least, this one's a little bit different because you know what? I'm I, I don't have anything for you except to say that's a hell of a comparison. <laughs> It's, it felt a lot like some games that we'd watched before. And I think that's part of it whenever you see the freak out from some fans, right, Josh? You're still 7-0, and but for some it's like, this is too familiar of a feeling. Sure. It's, it's playing with your food, right? It's not going out and just handling your business and living up to the perception, right? Coming out of the Texas game, you would have thought Oklahoma's just going to kind of roll through the remainder of its schedule, and certainly versus UCF at home when that defense had been giving up a bunch of points and it did not play out that way. So I, I do think you're a little bit of the victim of, okay, you beat Texas, and now the expectation is go roll people, and obviously UCF was game for you, and you didn't match that. Throughout the history of college football, a good major of championship teams, good majority of championship teams, have that one off game where they played down to their competition, Camo Sooner. Yeah, maybe that was it for Oklahoma. Maybe that was it for Washington. I don't know, but it was. Has Oklahoma different. had three of those? Three of those down games already? What are you thinking? UCF, Cincinnati, and SMU? Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Games that probably, if we were sitting here with the 2022 team, we might be looking at four and three instead of seven and oh, or maybe even three and four. Also fair. Fair. <clears throat> Yeah, it, that's kind of one of those do with that information what you want. Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line has our man USC Brian to kick the week off right. What's going on, Brian? How are you, man? You know it's always good in the neighborhood. I was going to call, first of all, before I say anything else, Plank, uh, back in your drinking days, uh-huh. which has been many moves ago, Long time did ago. you see a, a drink that was blue? I remember back in the day they used to make a drink called Windex, and I don't mean the stuff that they spray on windows either. This was, uh, and by the way, somebody sent a picture, Brian. Did you see that on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? I'm like, it, they they actually show a UCF fan, Brian, that is being carried out of the stadium because he has passed out in his seat. <laughs> He's being held by his – right, Josh? Am I describing it well? By his arms and his legs, and they're carrying the dude out because apparently he was having that drink. But I think it's the same thing. I Listen, I am very much an old whenever it comes to drinking. You give me a PBR and I'm happy. But these concoctions well, see, that the kids had on Saturday, I had no idea. Well, oh, my see, you know, you, 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 you grew up in the old Buccaneer days. That's but right. I, I'm not even going back to that, you know. That, that's, <laughs> that's right. That, that's, that's a dead story, okay? Yep. But, uh, you know, I, like, I, like I said, I was going to call to talk about my favorite sport, uh, Formula One racing, because I was mad because Verstappen won, and Lewis just needed two more, two more laps and he'd have won the race. But that's another story for another day. I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room, my Trojans. They played like crap. They have no defense. Their defense is trash. They need to fire the defensive coordinator. Scrap the season and start over because they're, they're, they're terrible. They're, their defense was better last year than it is this year. And this year, it's, it, they have spots of greatness, but on the whole, they're, they're, they're trash. But the offense is still good, but you're getting Caleb Williams to run around too much, and that gets him into trouble because he's doing too much in the first place. I just think he needs to just – Settle down, play out the rest of the season, 
find out who's going to have the number one pick, and if he doesn't want to go, sign up for another season because he's making enough where he he's not going to hurt to stay in another season. But I'm tired of the people on these lines saying that they he should go ahead and come out. He's just being selfish because, as I remember, John Elway uh, uh, told them he wasn't going to come out unless he was traded to another team because he was supposed to go to the Colts. And also, wasn't Eli. it Eli Manning yep. who forced – uh, Rivers to be traded from the Giants to San Diego mm-hmm. at that time, now the L.A. Chargers, just so he could go to the Giants? Yeah, Ke- I mean, Caleb I- would not be the first player. Uh, yeah. Agreed with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, if he wants to stay in, let him stay in. That's his business. I mean, he's the one that's got to uh, uh, get that check, but that's on him. But, you know, I'm – oh, one more thing. Sure. Uh the uh, Dolphins lost last night for two reasons. One, they couldn't run the ball because A-Chain was out. And Mozart had just came back from injury, but they lost one offensive lineman before the game and then lost their second one in the first plays of the right. first quarter last night. So they couldn't run the ball anyway. They forced them to pass, and they, they could sit back there and wait. But, you know, speed kills. And to me, the game of the year is going to be in two weeks in Germany because the Chiefs are going to play the Dolphins in Germany, and we're going to see who really is the Dolphins or are they just pretenders. Frankfurt, baby. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Instant reaction to USC Brian's call from Sooner Lisa, who writes, it gives me so much joy to hear a USC fan say they need to fire their defensive coordinator. <laughs> ah, the heart is warm this morning. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to hit the text line. It's hot and heavy and rocking. Um, I got Brent and, and Coach Levy and Ted Roof, but I don't know, Josh. I feel like everyone has a way they feel, and, and y'all are trying to help me compartmentalize mine. Like I am, I am the ultimate in-life glass-half-full person, I think. Right? I, I'm incredibly positive, unless you're the Vegas Raiders right now. Incredibly positive. But I just – is it okay sometimes to say, I don't know if I have an answer for everyone today. I don't. I don't expect to. I don't need think more information do. is a I, fair thought. I need more of a sample size because what I saw on Saturday, should it have really confused me? Or like you said, Josh, we've seen this a couple of times this year. Mm. We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. This is one of the best days we've ever had on the text line, Josh. It's like every commercial break, new stuff comes in that is really good. Though I did have to laugh from USC Brian's uh, call from the 405. I'm trying to figure out how Eli Manning has any impact on the fact that Caleb Williams is selfish. (laughs) The the thing that sucks for me is now I'm put in this spot to where I have to defend things I don't like to defend. So there's been the Kansas City Chiefs, Alabama Crimson Tide, Caleb Williams. Do I doubt that anybody in Caleb Williams' circle said something in June that they wanted to be a part owner of a team or something of that nature? No, Josh, I don't doubt it at all. But it was a story that was in June – and the NFL was like, yeah, that's not a thing. I don't know how it started back up last week, but there's that. 
the idea that uh, the idea that he would sit out not to risk his draft stock. We do that every year with the top prospects when they lose a game. Trevor Lawrence didn't lose a lot of games, so they didn't <laughs> they didn't have to theorize it much with him. And to those that say, "Oh my gosh, look, he's losing games. There's no way that he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. He's a bust." This is that moment where I remind you that Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback of a Texas Tech team that lost like 65 to 3 to Iowa State. <laughs> right. So I don't care what happens when loss wise. The uh the playing poorly against good teams graphic. Fascinating. That, was, that that was a little alarming. Fascinating. Jeff from the OKC is on fire this morning. He writes, I believe, and this team has to believe, we will get every team's best game. Because OU now has the target on their back. Everyone wants to make their bones beating OU. And the next two weeks have become infinitely more challenging with the way that Kansas and Oklahoma State have played their last few games. All right, hour two. Uh, I am going to slide in a little Coach Venables next.